0: From Broad Street Studios, this is The Royalty Report. I'm your host, Peter Cross, and today we bring on our new co-host, Trevor Graham. Trevor, how are you doing today?
1: Pretty good, Peter, happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Great to have you on the show. So on our second episode ever, we got a really good show for you today. Really good episode where we're gonna talk about really the first branding IP war that happened in the world of food. It's going to be fought over something that's really one of the first things you eat in the morning, right? Or that we ate a lot as kids, or maybe even late nights. Today we're gonna to be talking about cereal, breakfast cereal. And you know the brands, right? Corn Flakes, Frosted Flakes, Pops, Rice Krispies, Grape Nuts, Golden Crisp, Shredded Wheats. Damn. Yeah, right? Cereal. What we are talking about today is that there was a time when cereal as we know it, almost didn't exist.
1: Oh my God.
0: And it would take a full out war between not only two brothers, but this random nobody entrepreneur. So today we're gonna talk about how the Kellogg brothers invented cereal and how the thievery, yes, that's right. We make bold claims here on the Royalty Report. The thievery of cereal by CW Post of Post Cereal. That started an all-out branding war that brought cereal to the world as we know it today.
1: That was about the same time. That's why CW Post had to hire General Mills to lead the war on cereal, right? (laughs)
0: Had to lead General Mills.
1: General Mills led many a brave soul into battle.
0: Branding is obviously so important in the world of brand licensing. So this is going to be a fun story that really showcases the importance of solid branding. My first question is, what oh, are yeah. your favorite cereals?
1: Well, from the Kellogg's Brothers, I'd probably say Rice Krispies. Big fan of Fruity Pebbles is a good food oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, Fruity
0: Pebbles, that's yeah. a post cereal. The,
1: so. the, the worst cereals for you, of course, are of usually course, the of best course. ones.
0: Growing up, my favorite cereal was, <laughs> it's funny, Bran Flakes. I don't know, for some reason, I just really love it, but if I'm going to have a sugar cereal of Reese's puffs it's
1: not even raisin bran not like even raisin even bran the no scoops in no, no
0: i i got like, like the uh the you got the thing that guy. geriatric people eat exactly. like so
1: that they can shit in the morning <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> The bran flakes, exactly
0: because i had problems you know (laughs) let's travel back to the turn of the 20th century you know the whole like uh, wayne's world (laughs) we're gonna turn back to the turn of the 20th century to a place called battle creek michigan which at the time had about 7,000 people. And in Battle Creek, we find ourselves at a famous facility, the Battle Creek Sanitarium. At the Sanitarium, we meet our first main character of the story, a renowned doctor and medical innovator named Dr. John Henry Kellogg. Now, this is from his Wikipedia page, (laughs) because that's the kind of research we do here at the Royalty Report. For those of you who don't know, Dr. John Henry Kellogg is born February 26, 1852, and he was an American medical doctor. He's also what we would consider pretty much one of the first famous national nutritionists before nutritionists were even a thing just an overall huge health
1: activist and this, he had the, the sense of style that would later inspire colonel sanders to wear an all-white suit
0: <laughs> is that true
1: I don't know. They both wore white.
0: So John Kellogg, he's a pioneer in the medical field at the time. And he had this great reputation, right? So he holds a superb degree from the most prestigious medical school of the time called the Bellevue Medical School, which was in New York. And not only is he a well-respected doctor and lecturer, on top of that, he wrote a lot of best-selling books and even had a popular magazine called Good Health. So I really think of him as really like either the Dr. Oz or the Oprah when she was Was, like giving out cars like popular yeah. at that time. Could,
1: could you imagine what the cover of those magazines looked like back then? Like if you think of like Men's Health magazine now. It's, this like, is
0: probably the weirdest draft. Buff ripped
1: dudes back then. It was probably like those old dumbass swimsuits that they used to wear that were just all one piece. And from like not book. even a guy who's in great shape. He's probably just this normal looking dude with like a paunch like little <laughs> belly and like yeah here we are. This is the epitome of health right now in the 1800s. So because of this
0: reputation thousands and thousands of people from not only around Michigan or around the country, but from around the world would come to the sanitarium to meet the great. And for those just listening, I'm putting those in air quotes, the great Dr. Kellogg in person at his sanitarium at Battle Creek.
1: I gotta say, I love the name that they call it the sanitarium. Every time you say it, I just think of like heavy metal song, like, <laughs> oh, the sanitarium. <laughs> Far out.
0: So anyway, people would come from around the world to meet Dr. John Kellogg, and we're not just talking about like joe schmoe's average people coming right people who were super famous at the time i'm talking thomas edison amelia earhart henry ford just to name a few would come to the battle creek sanitarium mainly to see dr john henry kellogg right he was just world famous and they wanted to see him speak and hmm. be treated by him if so they he's needed like to some be. guru yeah, he was. Uh, he was the guru of the uh, time. And he, he was one of the first. That's what I'm saying. He was the Oprah of the time before huh. there was Oprah and Dr. Oz and just all these ones. He was like the, the innovator. That's in wild. The,
1: so his little sanitarium was like his own version of like an ashram or something. Yeah. That the guru's great <laughs> people. Exactly. Over exactly. That's exactly. wild.
0: So in, by the late 1800s, turn of the 20th century, health and wellness is also uh, becoming a lot more popular. Mm-hmm. People are starting to pay attention to what they are consuming and how to live long uh, than they were before and what we're seeing too is that at this time health products are booming and everybody's trying to cash in you know once an industry starts booming you're going to have total competition and people coming in and just trying to make their
1: fame or get their money and i'm sure none of them were snake oil salesmen at all no
0: either. not a single one
1: especially with the u.s law back then <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing it's there like was what law? yeah there yeah. wasn't
0: law fda wasn't a thing so people and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the podcast but people People would make these outrageous claims about their products that would cure crazy diseases that mm. we know don't because some of these things that they would say it would cure, we still don't have yeah, cures right. for.
1: <laughs> I wonder if there was any kind of repercussion for like if somebody ate your stuff or something or your miracle cure and then wound up croaking. Was there any kind of consequences? I don't know. Or well, did see, we, there wasn't the internet. Did we not even have that yet? <laughs> no, there wasn't
0: the internet. So, you know, you could make yeah. a claim and unless somebody said something huh. uh, or wrote in the national paper, you weren't going to know about yeah. it. So Dr. Kellogg, though, he has this stellar rep treating people at the sanitarium and people take his word as gospel. But as you know from our little research that we did, his prescriptions were a little bit out of the norm from what his colleagues were doing at the time. And John's methods are really unorthodox, but people still trust him. He would have his patients do some of the weirdest shit. Like I'm talking like stuff that would make us really laugh today. He was, first of all, uh, maybe this isn't laughing, but he was very notorious for supporting full life sexual abstinence.
1: Yeah, it was pretty bizarre. He had a lot of bizarre beliefs As Peter and I found out. Yeah, a little bit right before this. A little bit racist, a little bit. A little bit of disturbing information about John Kellogg and Battle Creek in general was not only was it the popping off point for the serial movement, if you will, but it was also a huge epicenter for the eugenics movement in America. And John Kellogg, unfortunately, kind of spearheaded that in Battle Creek. And after he left, not really left, but parted ways and stepped back from the Seventh-day Adventist Church that he kind of Belong to that's really when his eugenics started taking off and he started subscribing more to those beliefs and he actually held a big conference i think it was in like 1904 1914 i can't remember right off the top of my head but somewhere around there he had a conference that was uh preserve the race a conference of all these scientists who got together and tried to figure out how to solve all the like issues of crime and they would consider degeneracy and perversion and stuff their solution to it was unfortunately eugenics which we all now of course know is fucking. Bullshit. I, so this is just the kind of guy we're working with here. Just to give you a little bit of background, just to give it. you a, like he was a little fucked up.
0: First we go from abstinence, but yeah. then you know there was more than that. You he know, had
1: a forty year marriage too, right?
0: He never consummated that marriage. That's I mean, so God, I hope she got it from somewhere else. Oh, like,
1: dude, you know she had. I to would, I would
0: hope so. I mean, how do you? Other than I mean, that,
1: I mean, she could be asexual too. Some
0: of the other experimental therapies that he would perform on his patients were hot air baths. So just to, so, so there like a little air- bit. Of frat- In a person. (laughs) He also had these weird contraptions that were called slapping machines and that would literally just (laughs) hit all of the parts of your body with just slapping and then get this. He had people perform daily. I don't mean like once in a while, daily yogurt enemas, because he thought that the yogurt would cure the gut issues. And it does help in a little bit, you know, eating dairy and you can can eat it,
1: but I don't usually eat it with my butt. No,
0: we don't boof it. I don't
1: boof in (laughs) yogurt.
0: So it's really weird stuff here. But on the flip side, I got to give him credit. He's a very inventive guy and he invented actually one of the first ever exercise tapes. Right. (laughs) And so what he would do was he would go to the sanitarium gymnasium and he'd have a a video camera from the time, which was really bad, but he would have his patients sort of line up. He would have a brass band behind him and then he would instruct his patients how to, so if you've ever been to a rhythm based anything like a Zumba or a soul cycle or anything like that, you can thank Is it Richard Simmons. Yeah. Richard and Simmons. Richard- <laughs> So Richard Simmons, you can thank yeah. Dr. John Henry Kellogg right. for getting you into exercise tapes. So if you've ever been a part of it, whether or not you like them or you think they're really funny, he's really the pioneer in yeah. that. And it's super well, it seems weird. Seems like but... he's a
1: pioneer of a bunch of shit, man. Yeah, he's he got is. the magazine. He's got the cereal. He's...
0: Most importantly to the story, we've gotten off track. But <laughs> most importantly <laughs> to the story, he ex- <laughs> he experiments a lot with food. He has multiple kitchens within the sanitarium, and he was always just trying to find and tinker with food to make it better for you. Mm -hmm. Another thing to keep in mind, uh, around this time, food in the world, most importantly, America is truly awful. Not only is it awful tasting, but it's terrible for you. So it
1: hasn't changed that
0: much. (laughs) And people really either got their food from local butchers or what was sold in bulk by clerks at general stores, or maybe they went down if they were living in the cities, which many were. If you were living in the city, you went down to a street market, street fair. But even then, it was really what was there yeah not oh i'm gonna go down i'm gonna buy and you this. were doing
1: daily grocery shopping too you weren't planning out like we do now it's like no. oh I'll go buy my shit for the week and then yeah you just go. you would just eye the food it's like if it every dark. day you gotta go down there and see like okay what's not rotten today that's
0: a great point because freezers and refrigeration the technology for them was either just coming in or really not there to yeah. refrigerate or freeze anything at the time you literally had to find big blocks of ice from Canada or the Arctic and they would ship those down that's and cheap they would... everyone knows that Yeah, and it's especially not... back then <laughs> it wasn't cheap again to really ship stuff down before the railroad it had to go down a river and yeah. then go through the Gulf of Mexico so if you were trying to send something from Ohio to New York for example it'd have to go down the Ohio River Gulf of Mexico up the Atlantic Ocean Jeez. and then come in through new york so that took a lot of time and it was very expensive railroads start to become a thing it gets a little bit cheaper because now you can ship stuff pretty quickly. But again, people didn't have refrigeration; they didn't have freezers, so you couldn't just go down and be like, "I'm going to get, you know, yeah. potatoes and whatever, and and freeze it and I'll eat it later."
1: I mean, I guess so you get shit like hardtack and salt pork. I guess that's why all that stuff. Yeah, is I guess if popular. you were in the military, yeah.
0: <laughs> but people were eating stuff and they would have maggots in it, and you just pick it out. That's actually why ketchup became a big thing for for Heinz when oh, he really? in- invented it because you would put what was called catsup. I always thought that was a joke growing up that it was you know catsup, but that was a thing. It was an it was an Asian food. It was like fish oil based. And because food was just fucking rancid. It was (laughs) rancid. Like (laughs) and just people would just douse it. Ketchup was just a game changer because they Nothing was tomato
1: based at the time. And then do, do you think Kellogg would ever put the link to like, Hmm, wonder what's wrong with everybody's gut? Oh, it must be, they don't have enough yogurt in their butt. And eventually <laughs> so they figure more, out like, put more
0: yogurt in your butt and <laughs> like, you'll be fine.
1: Maybe we shouldn't be eating this food with maggots in it. Like, no, they, or maybe they we should never bridge the gap. I really,
0: I don't think they were really thinking about the science of it or don't Apparently eat something not, with, yeah. with people were just eating it so much. They were just like, mm-hmm. oh, just pick it out. Mm-hmm. How are we going to clean it? It's not like, you know, there's the FDA coming. And you'd be like, you can't sell that. So, yeah, right. And because food couldn't be refrigerated or frozen, it was preserved with dangerous chemicals. So, some of it was formaldehyde and borax yeah. was Perfect. literally being used Perfect. to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, no wonder like people were getting sick from eating food Dude, and having probably, stomach cancer. They're problems. probably
1: high as bat balls, too. <laughs> Could you imagine that having all that formaldehyde?
0: I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to try. You know, I'm just going to take their it's word supposed for to be it.
1: like PCP or something that's gonna be insane a bunch of crazy people walking around
0: (laughs) (laughs) so john kellogg sees this uptick because there was a rise in stomach cancer at the time as compared to today, obviously, yeah. because people are eating this stuff that's just so bad for them. So he starts to think, all right, we need to make food more easily digestible. And mm-hmm. that's probably going to help with things because he also didn't have the science that we do today where he put stuff under a microscope and see like, you know, what's going on in your mm-hmm. body or do a CAT scan or any of that stuff. So he was just saying, you know, this is what we know at the time. This is how I'm going to accomplish this. And he's on the right path from the start. Right. He believes and rightfully So that eating meat, you can appreciate this because you're a vegetarian, but he thought that eating meat was dangerous to your health, which it was, as we were saying, it was with formaldehyde and borax. So There's it's
1: one of the values I can get behind with John Kellogg. There you go.
0: <laughs> it is true for today, right? If the more red meat you eat, the worse it is for you. Yeah, for and sure. he believes that having a grain or vegetarian diet is going to be far better for your health and longevity. Not a bad idea for somebody who doesn't have a lot of information that he can really go Good. for. So we're going to give him kudos there. Weird in some spots. Good clean right, living in another. the other. Yeah. yeah. So important to keep in mind, too, as I was saying before, that Americans are starting to flood to the cities around the country. And
1: those goddamn Irish Those goddamn Italian
0: Irish and those Italians. <laughs> I can say that because I'm Italian, but... <laughs> people don't have the option of having a farm and having like clean meat. So, you know, you're not going down and killing your chicken immediately Mm -hmm. and just eating it there. So as I said, food is just bad for you because people just don't have that option. So what does John Kellogg do? He starts experimenting with the food in his kitchen and eventually comes up with this new product that is made up of flour, oatmeal and cornmeal. And he Hmm. bakes it into these massive,
1: brittle cakes. Mm -hmm, Like big sheets like on baking pans or something. Yeah. uh, And then
0: what they would do, the workers would do, they would literally smash those cakes into granules. And Kellogg calls this new food granola. Yeah. Perfect. so essentially he was baking these go. massive yeah. granola bars and it's funny i usually walk around grocery stores all the time just to see what's going on and i was thinking if john kellogg invented granola i bet kellogg's mm-hmm. has the dominance of granola bars yeah. and they don't nature valley is not a kellogg brand but if you do want to find peter story. on
1: your typical friday or saturday night it could be strolling up and down the aisles of grocery stores just checking it out just checking sure you know
0: just making sure everything's there knowing what's going on so so he <laughs> breaks McCall.
1: he makes these granola
0: bars starts smashing it up and he intends it to be a preventative medicine so he doesn't really add anything that Mm -hmm. makes it good that we know today like a little bit of sugar yeah Yeah. he doesn't add any sugar and he also thought rightfully so if you had too much sugar in your diet
1: it was bad for you yeah so
0: again good point here
1: he's not wrong and I'm willing to bet that a lot of these people that came to a sanitarium were probably very wealthy people so they were probably we'll get to that
0: I mean it wasn't free but Yeah. yeah I mean you had to have a little bit Money, you weren't just coming to the sanitarium sick, it wasn't a hospital. It was every
1: time I hear sanitarium, though, I'm like, "Ah, lobotomies for everyone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was like a retreat, I guess, like a rehab, if you will. So Mm -hmm. more than just for drugs or anything like that, it was, it was a general rehab. So granola is this new and exciting food and the people at the sanitarium are just loving it. They, they're all over it. They're requesting it. They want it first. It's just dry granola that people are eating out of a bowl, but it's new. So they like it Mm because they were probably not really eating anything else. And we'll go from just a few hundred people eating it a day at the sanitarium to over 350 million people eating it each morning just a couple decades later. That's the later.
1: size of the current U.S. population. And what it's insane. <laughs> Everybody's eating a,
0: a bowl of cereal yeah. every morning. <laughs> and like me, you probably have a bowl or two late at night. Granola and soon-to-be cereal... Will completely transform breakfast mm-hmm. as we know it, because breakfast at the time isn't what it is today. There weren't really foods that defined breakfast like mm-hmm. they do now. There weren't bagels really uh, that people were eating. There is no
1: that's a world I Taylor ham,
0: Taylor ham, not pork roll. That's we know right. this. Taylor ham, egg and cheese. Uh-huh. There is no, there wasn't that. There wasn't even eggs, potatoes, toast. It just wasn't a thing. People really didn't do. That. They either didn't eat breakfast in the morning. They just skipped it because it wasn't a thing, or they would usually eat leftovers from the mm-hmm. night before it was time consuming yeah. to make this food so really anybody that ate breakfast so there were people eating breakfast i don't want to say yeah. that nobody ate breakfast nice the general room, population room wasn't breakfast yeah ate last <laughs> but it was time consuming so you needed people to create the breakfast yeah. women maybe servants if you had it <laughs> yeah, um, lucky. so people who are are more well-to-do more elite they're the ones eating breakfast but the general population is not elite yeah you know they didn't have money so they weren't eating breakfast and it's a luxury that not many people can afford but Mm -hmm. cereal is going to change this because cereal is quick to make and quick to consume and it's shelf stable so it's not going to go bad in two days unless you you know leave it open and and whatever but it's it lasts a lot longer than anything of the period back to the sanitarium, right? We are talking about a bunch of different things, but let's get back to the sanitarium. So to help with the day-to-day tasks, we're going to introduce our second main character. Bum-ba. His name is Will Kellogg and Dr. John Henry Kellogg, his brother, employs his younger brother, Will. He's born eight years after John, so he's his younger brother. He's born in 1860. A little backstory on Will, he's mostly viewed as the black sheep of the family mm. and spends most of his early life in the shadow of his older their brother John Mm-hmm. John's considered the golden child. And everyone really just thought Will was stupid. And they thought that because he was nearsighted. Oh, yeah. But he was dumb. shy about it. So he would sit in the back of class. So yeah. his grades would slip. They wouldn't be good. And instead of being like, go check your eyes. They were just like, oh, this guy is fucking dumb. For um, some reason,
1: I understood it as like, oh, well, you know, he was nearsighted. So they thought he was fucking stupid. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. So they thought people with poor eyesight were just like dumb. Uh, pretty <laughs> much, I <laughs>
0: i mean unless you knew but again will probably didn't know that he was nearsighted probably or, not. or maybe didn't speak up about it either way his parents don't put a lot of effort into yeah. into will they think he's I just mean, a lost honestly to
1: how many people were wearing glasses back then and how readily available were they that's for another that's for
0: another story i don't know especially I don't he know was that.
1: born in what 1860 something yeah
0: 1860 yeah. will is considered and will's also like bullied a bit by his brother because Mm -hmm. he's like well i'm the great you know john henry kellogg Mm -hmm. i'm better than you you fucking nerd yeah you
1: nerd (laughs) sit over there moron
0: at the time that john employs will at the sanitarium john puts will in charge of administration things like bookkeeping staffing and maintenance but Mm -hmm. most importantly to the story will is put in charge of the prep and the service of the kellogg granola cereal (laughs)
1: kind of funny to me that they put him in charge of bookkeeping if they thought he was an idiot.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I think they were just giving him like, it's like mundane yeah, so tasks.
1: You keep track of these books. It's just like they give him an empty coloring book or something. I don't think
0: they thought he was incompetent. Yeah, I think no. they just thought that he, he like John would have to tell him what to do. Yeah. And, and he did that through his life. He would just be like, well, I, I'm going to tell you what to do. You're nothing without me. Uh-huh. Even though everybody thinks Will is dumb, it's actually Will Kellogg who thinks to put milk... Over the granola when John's ask serving at his what patients.
1: Point, yeah. At what point did we introduce the milk to? The I cereal? honestly
0: thought it was John that did it, and I was going to give him credit for it. But right? Will is the one who's like, "All right, it's dry yeah, it's and dry whatever. garbage." But <laughs> you know, as I was saying earlier, you're on. John is looking for something more digestible. So uh-huh. you would think if it's not as tough to eat, it's probably more. But, I mean, I would have thought he could
1: have maybe mixed it with the dairy, and that's another way, or the yogurt rather, yeah. <laughs> and that's another way to get the a yogurt little deer parfait, cut. if yeah. you will, yeah, a little i don't like know if you food. want to use the yogurt after they've enemaed with it i, but y- I mean you could save money that way save i don't know mind. how readily available yogurt was then. that's what i mean
0: if they don't have like freezers <laughs> and i don't know where they got this yogurt from so maybe it was just it didn't have to taste good it had to be edible for yeah. you it just had to go up your ass <laughs> and clean you out so john that's did,
1: where the flavor came from for
0: the yogurt so the milk is what makes the granola more popular mm. and john still thinks of will as this piece of shit guy Mm-hmm. Even though he does that. And Sounds he like will. He's
1: got some kind of superiority complex. A little bit.
0: So he bullies Will and has Will do all of John's dirty work. An example of that is John would literally be taking a shit. And, and every time he was, he would have Will stand near him no. and dictate his notes while he's on the camp. No. Yeah, exactly. So oh my God. you can guess why so, Will wanted to be like, he was ready to get out from his brother's Dude, shadow that's and a really a prick
1: move. Because you you know that he invited him to work for him and then tried to make it seem like this big charitable grand gesture Right. and then it's like oh look at me I'm such a good virtuous person I don't know I I'm think... gonna hire my brother brother read my notes while I take a shit you have to smell all of my poops every <laughs> one of them
0: and then tell me what it smells yeah, like by writing it down dick. that's a
1: real dick I move, think John, John
0: just sort of pitied Will or felt bad for him you know it's a weird like, thing to do someone
1: you feel bad well, for. well again he, he
0: bullied him and <laughs> (laughs) what do bullies do they make you do weird shit so will's the one who curates and prepares john's cereal and will is the one who sees on a day-to-day basis how popular the cereal at the sanitarium is Mm. and starts to see that and recognize that this could be popular outside of the sanitarium Hmm. so he approaches john initially about selling it to just people in battle creek and and probably beyond but john just tells him right away flat out no he's not going to do it because For John, it's not about selling the product, it's about curing the people who are sick at a sanitarium so he's yeah. less concerned about the money and and the fame of it and more about just like well I'm just doing this for health reasons obviously we know it's not the case none of cereal you know may help yeah. in in some places here and there but it's not going to cure any big yeah. disease I mean
1: will could also made the argument too like if you're trying to actually cure people why not open it up to the masses and let them all get
0: right cured? but John is less concerned about making money off his products and more about curing his people at the sanitarium and I get it right? There is a risk in marketing the cereal as a regular product. Number Mm -hmm. one, John didn't want anything to tarnish his name that he had built up. I mean, he's got these best-selling books. He's got this magazine. People come from all over the world to see him. What if the cereal wasn't done well and it was actually making people sick and it had his name on it? They would say, oh, John Kellogg's a fraud or he's making Mm -hmm. people sick. So there is that understanding that it might tarnish his name.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, it could have gone the other way.
0: It could have. And it
1: could have cured everyone. And like Wayne Gretzky said, I almost called him John Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) John
0: Wayne Gretzky. Good
1: old John Wayne Gretzky. You're going to miss 100% of the shots he doesn't take.
0: I know. That's a good one. We love hockey here. Tell
1: fucking John to take a step back from Wooscliffe.
0: So on top of it, maybe tarnishing his name, at the time of the late 1800s, early 1900s, it's against medical ethics for you to advertise any products. And this is before really people are starting to do this. But as doctors, it was against the medical ethics. So if you weren't a doctor, go ahead and say like it's going to cure stuff. Nobody's stopping you. But John thinks if I sell this product to the mass market that'll surely be a red flag to the medical profession and he didn't want anything to negatively affect his standing in the medical community (laughs) so he was he was very careful about
1: it did you imagine though if they invented aspirin and they're like oh well we can market this to the masses
0: well eventually that changed and (laughs) now we see advertisements all the time saying you know doctor recommended this doctor recommended that but will is recognizing that there are more healthy people who want a nutritious breakfast Than sick people who need an easy way to digest food. Two, towards your point, it's the classic saying: if you want to eat with the classes, yeah, you got to sell to the masses. And Will knew that they were leaving money on the table, money that could significantly improve the sanitarium. You know, if they just sell it, even in Battle Creek or beyond that, they could turn the profits around and make it better. To run a big old place, then it was a huge place. I mean, the sanitarium was massive and had beautiful rooms, tons of facilities, but but you need oh, sure, capital dude. to, that's to like, run my, it.
1: That's like my favorite time frame in American architecture is around the late 1800s, early 1900s. It was absolutely beautiful, yeah. and that was probably it's a
0: reason why people would go. I mean, it's in a beautiful area, too, designs. in Michigan. Yeah, right. But Will knows they're sitting on a literal gold mine, but because John is the boss, Will can't act on his desire to launch a cereal company hmm. just yet. Before Will can even begin to think about expansion, he's actually going to run into an unexpected outside
1: threat. He should have just gone rogue. He should have gone rogue.
0: <laughs> and we'll see why in 1891, the sanitarium receives a new patient mm. and arrives at the battle Creek sanitarium in poor health. This guy has had health problems for years, but most notably to the story, he's also been a part of a lot of really failed businesses. He was one of those early entrepreneurs that <sighs> sunk his money and his time into a lot of failed stuff. And he's looking to make his fortune and that of, eventually brings him to why he comes to the Battle Creek Sanitarium because what we now know as a mental breakdown is what he had so he comes to the Battle Creek Sanitarium to be treated by John Henry Kellogg Hmm. and he's our third main character C.W. Post Charles William Post was born October 26 1854 so he's just two years younger than John Kellogg and as I said he failed at every business he ever created and he suffered a lot of ailments that would lead him to become this broken man when he arrives at the Battle Creek Sanitarium in 1891 to try to regain his health. Hmm. And he spends some time there, but he's sort of broke Mm because he doesn't have any money because he's been sinking into his failed businesses. That will tend to happen. And so he starts to run out of money to stay at the sanitarium. So he needs to figure out a way to continue to stay there. And it's not cheap to stay at the sanitarium. If you were going to go to a Dr. Oz retreat, I'm going to use that example because we're talking about him being the original Dr. Oz. It's going to be expensive, right? You know, it's a brand name, probably more expensive. Now, this wasn't a hospital. This was just a retreat
1: Retreat. that you had to pay for. It's like summer camp for adults. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) For for people
0: who are really sick. And it would cost about $60 a month, which is the equivalent to about two grand a month now. Mm. So somebody who really doesn't have a lot of money can't really afford that much. I mean, that's not cheap. He works out a deal with John saying, hey, if I just help out around the sanitarium, could I still stay here? And they agreed to. To do there that so he works doing all these little odd jobs he works in the kitchen
1: did he eventually replace the poop note reader? No, he doesn't do that. he still made his brother do that? No,
0: he was like washing dishes and doing (laughs) other small jobs, but he was also, like with Will, preparing the cereal. You know, they Uh needed workers to smash the granola into its bits and and to serve it to people. What a job. And they would make the cereal because Will was trying to convince his brother, I've got like a really good product. Will's taking meticulous notes all Mm -hmm. the time about his recipes, but CW Post has this front row seat into this new food product that everybody loves. CW C.W. Post is also this inventor, entrepreneur, tinkerer kind of guy who had the failed businesses. And he's fascinated by this Mm. granola cereal that the Kelloggs are serving. So naturally, he wanted to do everything he could understand the cereal. Post starts to recognize that there's something there. Nice post recognizes that there's a lot of money that could be made in the product. So he decides to leave the sanitary deceptive, quietly though,
1: deceptive little but
0: he gains a plan on the night that he leaves. He's going to steal the cereal ah, formula from dick. wills files grabs a bunch of actual granola to put in his sack so he can have something to compare it to, easily breaks into Will's desk and steals uh, the recipes straight from him. It's important to note that Will has not yet perfected the cereal as mm-hmm. I was saying, but there's enough notes that CW Post can get started on his own version, taking square aim at being the founding father <laughs> of the American practice. Motherfucker. So once he leaves the sanitarium, finds himself the only place he can afford to work on a cereal, which is an Old barn in Battle Creek. Ugh. He starts tinkering with new versions of his cereal, and he immediately, because he's not Doctor John Kellogg and he's not worried about health, mm-hmm. he immediately adds malt sugar yeah, to dude. to his he granola. Knows what's good? This cereal was sweet, crunchy, and it was all things that all the traditional sanitarium food wasn't. And he so calls good. post calls this product Grape Nuts. Mm. which is funny because I didn't think grape nuts would be like the original cereal. I just thought it was something that old people needed to eat. And they yeah. eventually made, you know, like raisin bran yeah. and stuff Brand like that. Flakes but flakes without the raisins. So it's literally the first cereal that Host makes. Why is it called grape nuts? Well, it was made from grape sugar. Mm. It wasn't actual grapes. And you the cereal grapes didn't just dip. their, Yeah, nuts they in just them. didn't just dip in there. And, uh, you know, it had this sort of nuttiness and crunchy consistency. Kellogg could argue CW Post stole his idea right mm-hmm. stole the IP but CW Post is smart enough to change the recipe just enough that it's his own product not that Will really had like a Much brand a going yeah on. But, but did
1: he have it patented or no but
0: and back thing? in the day if you just change Food law. If, if you dun just dun. change just a little bit from the previous version it's not infringing on any huh. patent it is different it's got the sugar yeah. it's got something different so CW Post does have something there. Nothing is going to stop him from selling grape nuts nationally like Will wanted to do with his products. So by the late 1800s, early 1900s, Post cereal is starting to grow. He's finally able to get a little bit more money, a little Mm -hmm. bit more capital. People are like, wow, I love this fucking thing. Like I want it.
1: Sugary, crunchy and delicious. Even
0: worse for Will, copycat brands started popping up and they Mm. are also popping up in Battle Creek. Ah, So Will is just surrounded by daily by new businesses coming up like people and
1: profiting off of, off
0: of something not that, even
1: his idea but his brother's idea I mean, that yeah, he was, wanted to put to market
0: right but uh, he was like you know suck. it was my idea to take this beyond the sanitarium in battle yeah. creek people are now cashing in on something that i knew we could have cashed in on first and like post all of these other brands are trying to jump on the battle creek sanitarium's reputation by literally putting the name on the box the Battle Creek and the Battle Creek Sanitarium (laughs) on the box so that people were like, oh, this comes from that, Uh, but also using it to make outrageous claims on how good the products were for your health. And these (laughs) claims were crazy. They would say that the cereals will cure things from
1: incontinence
0: to impotence and cancer (laughs) and all these other crazy things that it doesn't.
1: Have any gay thoughts in your head? This will drive it right out.
0: To the importance of branding, when you patent the food product, if you're stealing that idea and you just change the one part of the recipe, it's not infringing on the patent. So by the early 1900s there are more than a hundred cereal companies and brands oh, just man. in Battle Creek oh. Michigan alone and Will Kellogg is seeing this and he just becomes desperate to enter in the cereal game <laughs> so he compete with the imitators yeah. but his brother is standing in his way and I get it the sanitarium mm-hmm. is John's baby the only baby he's ever going to have because he's yeah, not he's having, having sex fuck. with anybody yeah. <laughs> so he really protected it fiercely and it drove Will Kellogg absolutely nuts then all of a sudden a simple mistake is going to change everything for will one night will accidentally leaves out a batch of wheat cereal dough the next morning will sees that he's messed up and in order to try to salvage the batch and not get John on his ass, Will frantically just decides, oh, I'm going to put it through a rolling machine to get the moisture out. And as they're rolling it, flakes start to come out. Will is just like, oh my God, this is kind of nice. And the flake is truly an accident.
1: Funny enough, we get a lot of our inventions and discoveries through stupid little mistakes. Right? Little
0: accidents. This accident will become cornflakes one day. Yeah. Not right off the bat, but it will become mm-hmm. cornflakes. Cornflakes alone gonna generate over 13 billion with a b 13 billion dollars in revenue annually and
1: that's just off the sale of cornflakes just
0: cornflakes i'm not talking about the kellogg's brand cornflakes alone and will discovers that this can be a new weapon in the fight against his bitter rival because post has got Uh the granola cereal so he can't come out and say well here's my granola cereal because then it's just gonna look like post's granola cereal so he's got to have something different that can compete so he's like i got this and i can go to war with post and all the other imitation cereal mm-hmm. brands. And it's and then crazy. he partnered with Tony
1: the Tiger and yeah. they it Frosted Flakes. they more than
0: good, they're great. It's crazy to think about what would have happened if Will didn't think that the Flake was a good idea. What if he had just thrown it out, mm-hmm. right? And what if he was just like, this is falling apart. This is nothing John's going to like. What
1: if he wasn't a flaky kind of guy? So what if he
0: just disposes it? And that mistake is the first thing that helps Will sort of project himself as yeah. a cereal brand. So in order to produce these flakes, dough is boiled, left out to ferment for several hours, and then, then it's compressed through rollers into thin sheets. Those sheets are then baked and will naturally flake off when you scrape them. And that's the the original way of doing it. And right Right away, flake cereal was very popular at the sanitarium. So Will is able to sort of test it out with the sanitarium patients. Huh. And it's requested way more than the granola cereal that was being served before. So huh. people are like, oh, I've got options. I'm going to go for the flake option. Why the first flakes made at the sanitarium are made of wheat. But Will, being an inventor and tinker mm-hmm. himself, begins experimenting with other grains until the first Kellogg's cornflake is born. Now, Will knows he has a better product than that of the guy who stole his cereal idea. So Will could see in his dining rooms of the sanitarium just how much better the cornflake was over grape nuts. He would get the grape uh-huh. nuts and he'd serve it and sort of experiment like, hey, how much do you know, I guess first market research that he could do and they wanted the cornflakes not the grape nuts. But all Will can do is watch from the sidelines as Post becomes this millionaire. One of the first millionaires in cereal which was unheard of, Will has made literally 0 from his own.
1: Uh, It's got to be so frustrating.
0: In the middle of the night on February 18th, 1902, the sanitarium catches fire and bursts into flames. Now, we were talking about the grandiose structures of the time and the sanitarium is a wooden structure and the sanitarium just burns to the ground in a matter of hours. The official cause of the fire is that a furnace that was located in one of the sanitarium's bathrooms overheated, which then sends the building up in flames. Unfortunately, leaving one patient dead, but also John's work in ruins. Yeah, it just burns in a couple of hours, and John's baby is just gone forever. It's a personal tragedy for John Henry Kellogg, but for Will, it's the business opportunity he's been waiting for. Did right. Will start
1: the fire? I don't know. We There's didn't nothing. not start it... the fire. Yeah. Or no, he said, Will didn't start, <laughs> start the fire.
0: Either way, repairing the sanitarium isn't going to be cheap. To build it back, it's going to cost the equivalent of $30 million Ooh. in today's money, Ooh even if they can get that money, it's going to take years to complete. John, when he's looking at rebuilding, he doesn't go, okay, well, I'm just going to rebuild what we had. He then wants to build even bigger, but he doesn't have the money saved up to build something bigger. Will sees an opportunity to finally get cornflakes from John's control. So what Will does is he offers to give John some upfront construction money Mm -hmm. in exchange for the full rights to the Kellogg cereal and all of the recipes Mm. that have been created up until to that point he gets investors who were actually patients ex-patients at the ah. sanitarium and these people were requesting the cereal okay. that they truly enjoyed at the sanitarium but couldn't find yeah. anywhere else uh, obviously home. grape nuts or just enjoy it yeah just enjoy right. it at home and so some of them become investors and then will's actually able to get one banker investor who thinks really highly of will and gives him about a million dollar loan Oh, that's it. It's like yeah. Donald
1: Trump's small million dollar loan that he got. <laughs> exactly.
0: From his Will says, Look, here's this upfront cost. I know it's not everything, but it's a start. Uh-huh. And all I want in return are just recipes. So right. he does the deal. Will now is the sole owner of the Kellogg cereal. Without having John to hold him back, he's now off to the races. There we go. So in the first. Few months after buying the recipes from his brother, Will Kellogg's factory that he builds is up and running, and the iconic cornflakes start to hit the market. All right. By the end of the first year, he manufactures over 25,000 cases per month thanks to a new proprietary industrial flake roller that he was able to design with a Detroit-based company that would actually make these steel rollers for the tobacco industry. So uh-huh. what they would do is they would put the leaves through the rollers uh-huh. so that they Flat could be crunched out. up. So he starts to use those and starts to make cornflakes from it. So Wild. Will works with them to develop rollers to make cereal on a truly massive scale. And for the first time, Kellogg's Cornflakes can add salt and malt sugar <laughs> to the cornflakes. So now we're off and running. Fast forward a couple years here By 1907, Kellogg is making a profit of $170,000, which is nearly $5 million today. So more importantly than making profit, Will takes the money that comes in and immediately turns it around and pours it all into his own factories. But more importantly, advertising and marketing campaigns. Because he's smart. Yeah, (laughs) because he wants to make the Kellogg's name synonymous with cornflakes.
1: See, See kids listening, that just goes to show even if your family thinks you're a fucking idiot. You can still be smart. If you, th- if, you if your gut <laughs> if is not filled
0: either. with yogurt and you, it wants yeah. to do something, follow your gut. So Will had a brilliant mind and he's incredibly business savvy. And Will knew the power of not only advertising, but the marketing clout that was the Kellogg name. John Henry Kellogg has built the Kellogg name. Mm-hmm. So people do think if I'm going to buy a Kellogg cereal, it's going to be good for me because... of the Kellogg name. And so he understands the marketing cloud around his brother's name because the doctor part, but it's a health and wellness boom time. So Will knows that people are just gonna buy the shit out of it. And he knew it was gonna generate a lot of success, which spoiler alert, it did. If you look back at the marketing he did for that era, and it was really before his time, he understood that if you're going to kill it in the marketplace, you have to have good advertising mm. and advertising is going to change how people perceive buying their food. Oh, We're totally. so used to having all the advertisements just thrown in our face. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite ad campaigns, and I think it's one of the most brilliant ad campaigns that he does. He buys a massive billboard in Times Square in New York. Yeah. And this is before all the major billboards that you see, but he knew the power of big and better. Eh. So he bought the biggest one that was actually bigger than any of the other ones in Times Square. And I was kind of
1: hoping you were saying he put a billboard outside of Post's house so uh. that Post had to look at it every day.
0: So here's where it starts to get good. Not mm-hmm. that it wasn't good before, but here's where it starts to get really good. Dr. John Henry Kellogg starts to see Will's success and John becomes hell-bent on undermining his brother.
1: He's a little weasel man. I, know. I don't like this John. And as that we've seen,
0: these two were not close from the get-go. No. And I bet John is just full of jealousy that his oh, younger, yeah. dumber brother is having all this success He's with a spiteful. Yeah, with but also with really a product John created. So he I think he see... sold
1: it for a million bucks though, and like promised some more money to fix sure, it. Sure, but, but you know,
0: I I can see John being the vindictive side that he is. Yeah. He doesn't care about that. He's just like, I don't want who this black More sheep wrong, guy yeah. to be outpacing me and how good I am. What John does is he's going to strike back. And you know what he does?
1: Oh, geez. What does he do? He
0: decides to make his own cereal, but oh, great. not just his own cereal. <laughs> be
1: shit. Bland flakes. <laughs> like <laughs>
0: He doesn't just create his own cereal. He rips off wills from packaging oh. to the product. God, so it's the exact same box, the exact same green color because the Kellogg's cornflakes was actually a green huh. box first before it became the white one that we we're all really used well, they have to the looking green at. rooster now. They didn't have the rooster on it yet. Even though John had sold the rights to Will, John just decides to do this anyway. So really important to the story is the branding side of this. And this is an infringement on the branding. Takes out the sugar and the salt. So now you're looking at the same product, but they're two different versions. You know, there weren't like the buyers at local grocery shops and, and and major grocery shops now, right? Where they know, they were probably just, you know, here's a box brand, of yeah, stuff, I'm putting it in. So if you're a brand owner, you want to squash that right away. Yeah. There was no way to, you know, Google search, like what's going yeah, on what's here. Legit, so what's not. if you open up a John Kellogg's cereal instead of a Will's one thinking it's Will Kellogg's cereal, you're going to taste it, it's going to taste bad. And then it's just going to absolutely destroy you your, buy your product. Yeah, you're going to lose customers. You're going to lose money will starts to see that john's doing this and will really starts to resent his brother even more than before as i said <laughs> dude, john has every right to yeah and john's undermined him like, yeah, his like his entire yeah. life and even though will's playing fairly right he goes ahead he buys the rights uh-huh. he doesn't just go out under his brother's wishes and not do it he did everything right john's not no, playing john's fair just a fucking prick, dude. right so that's going to lead to an all-out war that will last years fast forward many decades later the kellogg brand will someday be worth over 20 billion dollars question now is who's the one who's going to come out on top john or will So now the two brothers are fighting it out for who owns the right to use the Kellogg name. And Will believes that he's the rightful owner because he purchased the recipes from John years before. But John believes that the rights are not exclusive Mm. to Will and that the name Kellogg belongs to John because he was the famous doctor.
1: He's the one that made it popular.
0: Right. So why should he not be able to sell his own version of the cereal? And John brings up a a solid case. Will knows the marketing cloud of the Kellogg name. That's what he's using. He had the famous books. He The lectures, he had the magazines, and he strongly believes that Will is just benefiting from all the hard work John put into making the name Kellogg a trusted name. So now the Cornflakes legacy is now at stake as the brothers start suing each other left and right Mm -hmm. over different things over years for the right to use the Kellogg name and the massive fortune it will one day represent. All while their biggest competitor, CW Post, of Post Serial, is making even more money than before. (laughs) So this lawsuit is just eating away at the Uh, profits that the Kellogg brothers could honestly be sharing. Family, am I right? God damn, (laughs) yes. So while the brothers fight it out, Post is going to try and take yet another idea right from underneath. <laughs> Both of the Kellogg's back in that day, too. It was cutthroat. Yeah, it was cutthroat, <laughs> and and it was fantasized to be cutthroat, and it was yeah. very respected to be cutthroat. So, whoever is the biggest asshole is. Yeah, there's <laughs> the biggest lion of the bunch, you know, is going to win it out. Post sees the cornflakes as a real competition, so he starts trying to create his own versions. Uh-huh. But he's going to go out and steal the flake idea because why not? He's got to compete with the cornflakes. He can't really stand on grape numbers. Alone, I mean, you have one solid product, but you need to start adding more if you're going to get more of the market share post just goes full throttle. And finally, discovers where Kellogg is getting all of his flake rollers from, and decides <laughs> to buy the roller company oh, no outright. <laughs> and he wants because he wants to corner the market on Will Kellogg's proprietary. Oh yeah, I mean, flake if you rollers. own the
1: company, say sorry, we're not rolling your cornflakes yeah. anymore. I'm so shit out of luck.
0: not that this is a surprise, but this cements Post as Will's fiercest competitor. Post eventually comes out with his own version of cornflakes called Post
1: Toasties. Post Toasties. Toasties. That's yeah. a really bad name.
0: Eh, it's not great, but I don't think he was worried about the name. He just wanted all of the cereal to himself. <laughs> and he wanted a cereal Monopoly I mean, Empire. hey, he went to the sanitarium for mental and health issues. All so right. he's, Did we he's, have
1: Monopoly laws back then? I
0: have no idea. I'm not big on Monopoly <laughs> law. I didn't play the game that much. Obviously, Will is furious when he finds out that CW Post had bought all the rollers that Will had designed for the Post Toasties. And at the time, there weren't many other machinists that could make these rollers at such a large capacity. Hmm. You know, some people are going to call it smart business tactics.
1: If you don't want to compete with them, just decimate. Just absolutely (laughs) crush them from (laughs) what what they're doing. Decimate their production process.
0: Thankfully, while Post is in the middle of trying to crush the Kelloggs, and after years of lawsuits between the two Kellogg brothers, the courts finally weigh in on which brother, John or Will, is going to get the use of the name Kellogg to use on their cereal oh good and I've thanks been
1: dying to hear which one which one is it do you think you can guess i'm hoping for will i hope <laughs> this is will's big break because that guy's just been getting shit on up to this point
0: so drum roll please <laughs> thanks to his brilliant marketing the courts finally ruled oh, that will kellogg yeah, here we go in an upset bigger than any march madness upset will kellogg has sole ownership of the kellogg name for That's the a, Kellogg's cornflakes, About
1: time he gets his comeuppance there. Right,
0: I it? mean, he has to fight for it, but yeah. he
1: finally gets what is Jeez good Luis, karma. He's with his own brother, too. Could you imagine being that spiteful against
0: your own sibling? It just seemed like, like John, all he wanted, to do, he didn't care. Like, he I'll just, cut off
1: my nose to spite my face.
0: For licensing and branding, it's all over who had the right to use the Kellogg name as a brand name. They both have the name Kellogg. One was synonymous with medical practice. The other one was for cereal. Delicious breakfast cereal. I wonder how, actually delicious the first ones were compared to today
1: well probably actually pretty good i mean you gotta think they're probably using like real ingredients nothing that's been touched by gmos they're probably using right. real sugar in the form that it should have been made in
0: yeah um, what if it arguably yeah, could actually been a lot better right? if you think
1: about it it's probably way fresher ingredients <laughs> than we have now
0: Like, oh, this doesn't taste as processed as like it does today. Right. So Will Kellogg, his cornflakes become actually more popular in the court's decision than John's name in the medical industry because they believe that Will had spent millions of dollars in advertising and all the millions of people who then saw those ads every year that the more recognized Mm -hmm. Kellogg was now Will and Mm -hmm. his cornflakes. And it's funny because you think the books The magazines, all the sanitarium. That would be enough. But it sounds like the courts at that time were thinking more people were now seeing Kellogg's cereal Mm. and seeing it as that rather than Dr. John Kellogg's actual sanitarium. So Will wins. This is yet another shocking defeat for John. He loses the sanitarium. Now he can't sell Kellogg's cereal the way he wants to, but it's a huge win for the rest of us, right? (laughs) Without it, we would all just probably be eating post toast we yeah. wouldn't be talking about i don't want you know. to live
1: in a post toasties world <laughs> peter i don't want to live in it
0: and it's karma through all the years of abuse that will endures from john but worse the court then orders john to cover all of will's legal <laughs> fees and forfeit all the profit that that john has made from oh. the sugar-free kellogg's cereal oh, just rewards selling, right so oh, it just, it's about time it just keeps coming they could have banded together and made a killing off of it and and as yeah. I was saying before, he could have used that money for the sanitarium. Yep. And that's what Will was trying to say, like, early on. This is like money. It wasn't Will saying, like, I'm going to sue uh, you because I want all the money.
1: It's not a you versus me thing. It was like a collective let's let's be the we and not be like two feuding brothers.
0: I wonder, though, too, if they did work together, if one day John wouldn't have just sued Will for, you know, all yeah, the money at right? some point despite his brother. But he aided Will, so yeah. it doesn't sound like there was going to be any sort of collaboration yeah. there.
1: I am also gonna go out a huge limb and you know, since John harbored those thoughts and opinions that he did have is if you, you have racist thoughts you're eventually gonna lose <laughs> and that's what happened. <laughs> so don't be a fucking piece of shit.
0: So this is really the first time we see a national brand fight for the legal right to its own name in food. And it will pave the way for how legal battles are won and lost in food forever. It's not all bad for John, though. I I don't want to say he just gets absolutely destroyed by it. But Mm -hmm. John does eventually sink back into the medical practice and earns himself uh, on the Michigan Board of Health. You know, he did do some groundbreaking research on diet and digestion. Yeah, like putting
1: yogurt up your butt.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then that's that was the one reason. Yeah, I hope so. The inventor of the yogurt board. farts. <laughs> This was all started by John and his experiments. Mm -hmm. He did a lot of other good stuff that we still take as proof of good digestion and good health. It was the foundation to where that all started. Yeah, he got what was coming to him, but his work was amazingly Mm -hmm. important, and we shouldn't really forget that. So, John, if you're listening up there, we're not just shitting on you too much. We also thank you for workout tapes. And
1: (laughs) and your slapping machine is the centerpiece (laughs) of our home, and it's a great conversation starter.
0: So now the year's long battle for the Kellogg name is complete. Will can finally turn his attention to the war on CW Post. Will starts to increase production and he gets back into the game. But you think it's all going to be great for Will? It's not. In 1907, AIDS. just like with, it's not that bad, just like with the sanitarium years before, the Kellogg factory catches fire and burns to the ground, no. leaving Will Kellogg with nothing. Oh. Rollers everything destroyed Uh, in the fire. The good thing in this fire is unlike the sanitarium, no one's killed. No one's hurt. hmm. Yes. We lose a lot of material girl, material stuff, material girl. girl. We lose material stuff for him, but thankfully nobody's killed. Will is obviously devastated by it. And he's like, all right, how do I rebuild? How do I get Uh going? Goes back to this Detroit manufacturer and he says, okay, look, my whole thing burned down. Uh, I
1: need new rollers. Mm hmm however oh is this when that deception comes that's back? where the
0: deception comes Uh-oh. in will finally figures out that post had bought all of the new rollers that were coming out right he mm. threw all the money into that on top of that he does a little contract with the manufacturer that says that post got exclusive rights to these rollers and no one else can do <laughs> it and will's devastated like
1: i started this right. company What's up, guys? you know had i had such a good relationship before. but he was also
0: <laughs> one of the key People who helped invent the, mm-hmm. the roller too. But Brothers he had the hosing
1: them. This roller company's hosing them. Well, it's only
0: because of post. You know, on
1: his, he could on still post have him. ethics over here. Oh, roller he, company. Well, obviously, ambulator. he had no ethics. He stole the recipe <laughs> yeah. from the start. I'm yeah, saying no the roller ethics. company though. The roller company could have some ethics and be like, you know, this guy actually like invented this shit for us. So we're we're gonna like. But go they're under
0: contract, and... and I guess they weren't thinking about yeah, Will apparently Kellogg. Not, yeah. So
1: they were like, oh, you know, and apparently those... no one's thinking about Will Kellogg. Though. No, I mean the roller company probably
0: just wanted to buy all just sell all of this stuff and they didn't care who was going yeah. to will's like he's a really genius guy and he he looks at the agreement and he finds out that post neglects to put anything about old customers mm. like current customers mm-hmm. and it says no new customers no new rollers can be made loophole. but yeah he finds the loophole and says look i'm not asking you to create new rollers for me but it's not in your contract that you can't sell me anything else. Mm-hmm. So all I want you to do is repair my old rollers, mm-hmm. which has nothing in the contract that says old rollers. So they find the loophole and the company comes in and says, all right, that's totally fine. And they repair all the new right. rollers and that saves the day for Kellogg cereal.
1: It's not like you could go find another machine shop and just have them make you some new fucking rollers back then.
0: Let's get to the point of what happens to Post and Kellogg. We'll start with Post first. So as we said early on, he suffers from a lot of health and mental issues. Unfortunately, as the years go on, even though Post continues to get larger and larger and more and more successful, C.W. Post continues to suffer from the terrible conditions that he has been suffering from before his stay at the sanitarium. Mm. While he's building post serial he then has another nervous breakdown and it okay. probably had to do with all the stuff that was was going on right so eventually post has just becomes so sick that he steps away from his day-to-day operations at the company and that he had spent his life building mm-hmm. now on the good side by the time he steps down he's super wealthy I mean, he's got so much money. Before he was scraping by doing the odd jobs at the sanitarium. Now he's like one of the wealthiest people, definitely the wealthiest person probably in the food industry at the time. So he decides, you know what, I'm going to just start traveling. So that's what he does. He starts traveling. He actually uh, uh, founds a, a town in texas which is still uh, there today post texas which uh, is named after him and he was also crazy then because he tried to irrigate post texas by by using dynamite to explode the clouds yeah. I, I shit you not Fucking he was brilliant he was I trying love it. to blow up clouds in order to make it i guess rain uh it doesn't work i uh, think I it think, doesn't really yeah, it's shit so shocking right so Uh, the unfortunate irony of this whole story is that post marketed and claimed that grape nuts was this health food that would cure (laughs) things from appendicitis to, as I said, impotence and cancer, (laughs) but unfortunately it couldn't cure himself of his own health problems. And despite all the money he made, despite all the success he had developing post cereal, he's left with the same health problems that he had when he entered the Kellogg battle Creek Sanitarium. And now he's suffering more than ever. And Post convinces himself he's dying of stomach cancer. Jesus Christ. And ends up, unfortunately, taking his own life in 1914. So unfortunately for C.W. Post, he will never see how big his company will become because it explodes even more. And something that people don't know much about unless you're in the food business is he leaves his company in the hands of his daughter, Marjorie post. Hmm. And during a time when you didn't do that, you know, it was men and, and men only, mm-hmm. but she is actually going to be the one who buys up Clarence bird's yeah. Which is the frozen food company yeah. Bird's Eye, and that's actually a Post company. But CW Post will never see that. But Marjorie <laughs> will actually make Post as a brand mm-hmm. grow more than than CW Post even dreamed of. So, and becomes an actual food powerhouse. That's crazy, wild. right? Crazy. Mm-hmm. For Will Kellogg, after the fire that destroyed everything, he's able to rebuild six months later. But he takes on substantial debt to do it, uh, but takes a risk that eventually works out and starts winning that war against CW Post. So by 1909, Kellogg is doing so well that he's actually able to finally outpace Post by making more than over 150,000 of cases of cereal a day. God, From man. what we were talking about, it was almost like 25,000. Mm-hmm. Now it's like almost 150,000 um, before Post Like dies, but and that finally leaves him in the dust. And by the beginning of World War II, Kellogg will own 50% of the world's cereal market. And actually, we'll then start introducing all the brands that we know today and that we love, like, you know, Frosted Flakes and, and all that stuff. Captain mm, so, Cap and, yeah, and all that. <laughs> that's a and all that. So today, today, the Kellogg Company and Will's Company, I don't want to say John's Kellogg, uh, John's Company, but Will's Kellogg Company is going to be valued at nearly $20 billion. And like CW Post, Will becomes one of the richest people in the world, but unlike post eventually dies of natural in an opium causes den in 19 natural den. causes natural in in of an opium yeah. den. and that so you know what that's going to bring us to the end of the story of the kellogg brothers and how cw post really insp- had to do what he did to get cereal to be what it is today. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I hate to say that, you know, you stealing somebody's idea is what makes (laughs) or breaks an industry. But in this case, that's what it was. And it became a case study in branding and brand licensing. And it's Hmm. an incredible story that really set the tone for how food too is, is made and how, how brands operate and the laws around branding and what you can say on food. That's pretty cool. So I hope you guys all enjoyed the story. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Royalty Report. You know, be sure to check out all the other episodes as we discuss not only fun stories, but we interview a lot of influential people within the licensing industry. And thank you, Trevor, for being my co-host again today for the first time. I said again, but (laughs) for the first time, we're going to have Trevor on all through the royalty report so thanks for coming out
1: yeah i am stoked to be here and thanks for having me peter and just one plug real quick if you want to listen to some serial themed music and watch a really funny serial themed music video check out the band from the 80s called green jelly and the song is called cereal but spelled cereal and then killer and it follows the tale of toucan son of sam it's one of the most brilliant breakfast cereal based food pun songs i've ever heard in music videos hilarious check that's it out
0: that's awesome so for all of us here at broad street studios again i'm your host here with my co-host trevor graham and we'll see you in the next episode of the royalty
1: report Talk to you all then